It feels good to be back, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If you did not know, this is realest state of mind, ladies and gentlemen. Check mic, check mic. This is Realist State of Mind. My name is D'Artagnan Connor, and I'm sitting next to no other than... Stephen McCullough. Ladies and gentlemen, and like I said, this is Realist State of Mind. So it feels great to be back in front of you guys yet again, and we come to you with an amazing guest named Caleb. Let's give him a round of applause. Yo, yo. What's going on, everybody? <laughs> so first things first let's check the room how are you doing today caleb man i'm wonderful i'm absolutely wonderful god blessing me every single day man that is fantastic to hear steve how are you feeling hey man to piggyback off that man i'm truly blessed and highly favored so uh life is good work is good um my girl we're good so <laughs> everything's good right now Honestly. And the man looked good, too. Look at that, man. Look at the air horn for that. I appreciate you, dog. Hey, you as well. Likewise, likewise. That is fantastic to hear. And I'm doing pretty good myself. I'm honored to be in the presence of you two brothers. And I'm excited to see what we cook up in this episode. Man, appreciate it. We're going to be podding today. Oh, that we will. So before we go any further, Caleb, introduce yourself to the people. Who are you, Caleb? Uh, I like that question. Um, I would say I'm a man who has a passion mm -hmm. for understanding children at a higher level. That's Caleb. You okay. Know, any way that I can get involved with another child, whether it's playing sports, uh, helping them express their artistic ability, um, you know, giving a piece of advice, anything like that. That's I feel like what embodies who I am. And I try to show that with every interaction that I have, uh, whether it's somebody who's 40 years of age, 50 years of age to my elders showing respect, but then also showing that same respect to uh, somebody who's four or five, six years old. You know? That's very interesting because growing up, a lot of people um, only want to give respect to mm. their elders. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's very important that we give respect to children. Yeah, respects couldn't agree more. Their likes, their dislikes, and, and their boundaries, right? right. Um, and I think as a culture, we need to shift more towards that, um, especially as like cousins or aunts and uncles and 
not being like the parents of the child child and respecting whatever they they, they want or they like definitely i think uh respect is due where respect is given exactly very true and how can you as an adult tell a child hey you need to be respectful if you are not leading by example exactly you know? that's exactly. so crazy because we grew up in an era where parents or adults don't always feel like they need to respect a kid in the same manner that the kid needs to respect them and yeah. don't get me wrong a kid needs to know its place but I don't think it's okay for adults to go around just treating kids any kind of way and assuming mm. just because I'm an adult, <laughs> you, you should not, do you don't have the right to say nothing to me. Right. So yeah, right, yeah, definitely. That's cool, man. So where do you feel like your passion for helping these kids really derived from? Um, well, I kind of started looking back at the childhood I had. Okay. And um, you know, growing up with a single father in a single father home. Um, I knew that there was going to be struggles. I knew that there was going to be different learning lessons, you know, and there weren't places where I could get a outlet, you know, for my emotions and things like that. So, um, that, that the mother or mom would typically provide. Exactly. Yeah. So for me, knowing the, the struggles and the obstacles that I went through, um, trying to understand myself, how I feel, um, the passions that I have, um, and now where I am today, I look back at it and I, I'm like, man, I could I could have done that a little bit differently. I could have listened a little bit more. I could have maybe put a little extra effort in these uh, different avenues that I was I was going down. And um, since I'm 24 now, I felt like it was the right time for me to start offering back to that mm. younger generation. That is fantastic. Did you ask something you were about to say? That's so dope that you say that because I could tell you're an empathetic person. Mm. And I think a lot of my inspiration for wanting to work with kids come from knowing my upbringing as well. Mm. And like, we're obviously, we're going to talk a lot about kids in this episode, I can yeah. tell. But one thing as a kid, you deal with a lot of emotions. And as a kid, you're new to the world to where you don't always know how to deal with these emotions, right. which can be very complicating. And if you don't have the right people around you, it just makes your circumstance even harder. Right. So like, I feel like people like yourself um, is definitely needed because, because these kids need to know where they can turn to. Yeah. Well, think about it. How did, how did you get out your frustration what would mm. you do as a kid as a kid yeah. as a kid i had what i would consider anger issues okay so if i'm mad as a kid um i'm quick to fight mm. i'm quick to um i didn't talk back like mm. as like because i showed a lot of respect to adults but mm. in that moment where i thought i didn't get that respect mm. oh i'd be quick to talk back i'd mm. quick to say something smart and my aggression could at times lead me to wanting to hit a hole in the wall as right, a kid. Right. Now, I think think of all the other children that go through the same issues. And you know? that's the main point. And think about the kid that instead of push, punching a hole in the wall, is trying to punch a hole in somebody. Literally. You know? And maybe they didn't have the same guidance as you or, or Very me. Very true. Where we have these major frustrations that just make us want to sometimes just explode. You know, with all these emotions out onto something and without that proper gui uh, guidance, that's where you, you see gang violence, you see For sure. drug trade, drug addiction and things like that, because there is no outlet. 
And now I want to offer that to to anybody who's willing to take it. You know, that is fantastic. So what are the what are the avenues that you do or uh, how do you do that? How do you offer that to, to kids? Well, first, first and foremost, I offer an open ear. Okay. Um, I think above anything that I could do with the relationships that I have or the resources that I have, mm-hmm. just being able to understand where the child or anybody is coming from, understanding their story, understanding what makes them laugh, what makes them sad. If I don't, if I don't have that relationship with you, then anything else that I could possibly have doesn't really matter. Hmm. Cause when that, when that child looks back at, Hey, you know, this, this guy, he, he did a lot for me, but did he actually listen to who I am? Does he even know me? Then it's all for nothing, I think. So, um, I would say other avenues are mentoring. Uh, I work at Triple Threat Mentoring. Shout out Triple Threat. Shout um, out to Triple Threat. Best <laughs> community yeah. outreach um, program, nonprofit in the in the world right now. We've taken over. Let's get a- <laughs> Excellence. Um, you know, uh, Triple Threat. They've they've paired over fifty thousand at risk youth with a mentor or volunteer who share the same passions as them. That's major. And uh, what they're trying to preach is, you know, relationship and passion-based programs to connect younger children with adults who share the same thing that they do. So we've done, man, cooking, you know, you you ever, if you ever have a love for cooking Mm -hmm. and... You know, you want to hang out with some kids that love the same thing and you want to teach something, we'll have t- cooking programs for you, science workshops. And um, I've been I've been really fortunate because we also have been working with Jordan Brand for 14 years now. Oh, okay. And this is my third year working with Triple Threat. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to, to put on some major programs um, in New York, Chicago, Portland, um, here in LA, you know, and bringing children into these spaces that they sometimes dream of, you know, that's, so. that's major. Cause that exposure for kids is very important, especially in neighborhoods. Like we're referencing because you don't always get to get out of the neighborhood and see what right. else, the, what else the world has to offer. Right. And that exposure to the, to what can be so simple to somebody that is accustomed to that mm-hmm. can mean everything to a kid. Yeah. Definitely, and that's that's all part of my story. You know, I I grew up right here in the inner city of Inglewood. Okay. Um, right off of 61st and Normandy, next okay. to Hyde Park. Okay. Uh, that was my grandmama's house. Word, word. You know, you put your hood the, on. We had the biscuits on Sunday. Okay, you, love to hear it. You, you had an ass whooping on Monday. Okay. You didn't do <laughs> hey, hey, keep it real. That's So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and um, then, you know, I moved over by the Inglewood Park Cemetery uh, with my father. That was the first time we were able to live, you know, by ourselves. Okay. And, um, you know, hearing gunshots at night, you know, obviously you got blood and crypt neighborhoods around. So any any child, you know, who may not be in the best environment, kind of like the environment I was in, mm-hmm. could go down the wrong path easily. Easily. Right. Yeah, so that was that was kudos to my father because he wanted a different path for me. So he was like, "I gotta get 
um, my son into a different environment. So we moved out to Laguna Beach. Okay. And, um, you know, my dad was obviously keeping up a salary, but I'm the youngest of five kids. Oh, okay. You know, so he was making good money, but he also had to pay child support mm-hmm. and things like that. So um, when, he, when he took the step to bring me out to a different environment, I think that was one of the best decisions that he ever made when it comes to uh, raising me as a child because it opened me up to new culture, new education, um, competition, Mm -hmm. like, you know, going up against, you know, whites, Asians, Muslim children, except um, there was a new, you know, my dad would always tell me, you got to work two times harder than the next guy. Oh, for sure. Especially as a black male as a black man especially two three times harder you know with everything so So i think i was 10 years old at the time okay yeah so um i think for me knowing that my dad opened up a door for for me to have different opportunities i see that since i've seen it from my lens an opportunity to do it for the next guy who's up who had the same kind of background, but maybe has um, a father that doesn't provide for him like he should, or a mother that may be struggling to take care of all the groceries or five kids of her own, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, or a two-parent household who's working all the time and cannot build that relationship with their child. I want to be that that person that's like, you know what? There's someone here for you. There's places for you to go. There's opportunities and, and doors for you to bust open. There's, there's this whole world out there for you. All you have to do is tap into it. All you have to do is break that cycle of, oh, uh, you, you're only doing this, and this is all that you're ever going to do. Mm-hmm. Not, you got to break that, especially as a young black man. Yeah. You know, everything's against you. It's either you play sports, you drug dealer, you rap. Like, exactly. You know, yeah. but what about telling that kid, hey, man, if you if you like reading books, you know, you could be a lawyer one day. You could be a teacher. You could be an author. You could, you be, could an be an entrepreneur. You could be an entrepreneur. You could be a cook. You could be anything you want to be once we get out of our own way yeah. and then start getting people to come in that want to help us like yourself. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you're dedicating your life to some very important work, honestly. Yeah, definitely. Much needed work. Yeah. Much needed, honestly. Yeah. Because the kids, I think, I think right now more than ever, like we really have to pay attention to this next generation coming up up after us. Like, yeah. um, we're all around the same age, so we're Gen Z. We were talking a lot about Gen Alpha coming up after us, mm-hmm. and like, I think we're in a good opportunity to be able to do more for that next generation than generations before us have been able to. Yeah. In regards to things, are kind of. Things aren't perfect in any way, shape, or form, but for the black person in 2020, we are in better positions today than we would have been 40 years ago, 30 nice. years ago, 20 nice. years ago. Um, and I think us as young 20-year-olds, we need to pay attention to that now right. and take advantage of that for the rest of our 20s because there's kids that are like just 10 years older than us. That's 14. That's just starting off high school. Mm-hmm. So if they're really paying attention to the moves we're making today... By the time they're 23, 24, and we're 34, 33, 34 at that point, like imagine where we all can be at. Right. That's important. So I would have to say the biggest challenge is how uh-huh. do you tell a 14 year old 
to do something when they are so tapped into information at this time. Mm. When they feel like they know everything because I could just Google it, you know. We didn't have that when we was 14. You know, yeah, we had we had some, some of the stuff. If you had an iPod uh, touch or something like that, <laughs> wow, and you sucks. had some Wi-Fi, you know, you could, you could tap into the internet at any time. We had YouTube on the up and coming and things like that. But now it's, it's clockwork. For it's, sure. It's clockwork. So then on us, it's more of our actions instead of, I think it's more so speaking with your actions, the things that you do to day to day. Leading by example. Lead by that example because, yeah. I mean, you remember the old heads. The old heads back then, they'll talk your ear off. Oh, for sure. Right? To this day. To they this talk day. Your, to this day, they talk your ear off. <laughs> and, you, you know, 80% of it is going through one ear and out the other. Mm -hmm. Right. So at this point, you know, with, with these 14-year-olds who are so tapped into social and economic you know literacy and all this knowledge for us it's more of okay keep your mouth shut keep your head down and lead by that example you right. know so i could not agree more i personally worked at a elementary school for a few years and it was a very interesting dynamic. Shout out to St. John's. Shout out to St. John's. That's where we met. That's where we actually met. The youngest kids I personally worked with when I first started were kindergartners. So that's like five. Okay. The oldest was eighth graders. So 13 going on 14, yeah. night and day. How was that for you? So it was one of the most fulfilling three years I could have asked for. Between 18 to 21, spending... Pretty much Monday through Friday with those kids, yeah. it kind of, it was it was amazing what it did for me um, in a time where I didn't know that that's what I needed. Yeah. Also, and it helped helped open up my eyes to my passion for working with kids like we're referring to. Yeah. But I bring that up to say like working with the little kids, like oh they're they're listening to everything you're saying mm -hmm. and then gonna tell you a billion things back yeah. just as fast. But with the older kids, I realized. I worked good with them as well because something you highlight earlier, I actually talked to them yeah. and I actually listened to them. Yeah. So when I first started there, I'm only 18 years old. So I'm just five years older than some of these kids. Right. Now the little, the youngest, um, off technicality, I guess I could be your parent. Right. right. But those older kids, there's, there's more of a um, cousin type brother type Big relationship mm -hmm. that was going on. And I, and I cherish that, right? right? Because not only were they listening to me, but I realized no one else around here is really listening to them. Right, yeah. So when they're spazzing or they're acting up or they just don't want to do an assignment or whatever, mm -hmm. and everyone else is like, you, 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 if you actually listen to them and pay attention, you get to start to understand the optics around why they start acting like they're acting. Yeah. And I remembered how I was as a kid at the same time and mm -hmm. took into consideration what was going on at home yeah. when I would be working there because no one there knew what I was going through at home and yeah. could even understand what I was going through yeah. at home, if we're going to be honest. Yeah. But I knew some of these kids are going through that similar type of situation. Yeah. And... If I could at least try to be empathetic and at least have a little more patience with you, yeah. then maybe we can get to the root of some of these things that are going on, right? right. Are you still connected to um, some of the students that you were 
um, with? Are you connected to him to this day? Heavily connected, and it's pretty funny. Um, ain't that beautiful? Ain't it? Like, the kids <laughs> that were at that time, they were fourth graders. Now they're freshmen in high school, yeah. which is so crazy um, to think of. And, like, some of the kids are now out of high school, so time don't stop for nobody. Uh, and but, are, you, are you still connected to some of the OGs that was bringing... You know, bringing you up back in the day? Um, actually, one of our uh, computer teachers, he's pretty much like our CTO yeah, of all operations, point. if we're yeah. going to be honest. Like, he was the first one that exposed us to, like, Apple computers when they yeah. had the fat backs back in yeah, the early 2000s, when they started getting slim, when yeah. when the iPads, like, he was really helping us understand these softwares and how to use all that stuff coming up. And to this day, he, if I need anything, a website, I mean, if I need... Yeah, we were so tight. We were actually in his wedding. Literally. Um, oh, which literally. is really cool. That's huge. Um, yeah, yeah. And like, literally, we, we met him when we were, what? Six, five? What? Yeah, <laughs> six or five. And okay, we so, just created that relationship. And he was just there f- to listen to us. You know what I mean? Yeah. To talk literally. to us and stuff like that. And we just held this bond. And it's, what? It was like five of us yeah. that, that have this bond five with him. Five plus. To this day. So yeah. I think, I think, you know... Just hearing that, that's every reason as to why I do what I do. Oh, yeah. To hear exactly. Continuing that cycle. Right. And that's right. what's important. Because it really only takes one good person to want to make a good impact. And right. then if you just leave it at that, you'll leave a trail. Right. Um, yeah, shout out to Mr. C, man. Shout out to shout Mr. Out to C, Clifton. man. Shout out to Mr. C. Shout out to the man. Yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> but this is amazing. So... You have a nonprofit. Would you like to speak to it? Yeah, shout out Learn, Develop, and Grow. Shout out. Everybody learn, can follow it on Instagram at Learn, Develop, Grow. Um, that's my pride and joy. Love to hear. I think it. I think that's what God put me here on earth for. Uh, I serve Him through uh, my nonprofit work. You know, things that I don't expect, you know, money from or mm-hmm. any other gain other than gaining that relationship with the child that I'm working with. Um, I started Learn, Develop, and Grow with the idea of eliminating pay for play. Mm, Um, That's major. You know, like I started my basketball career at the YMCA. And uh, I was drafted onto the team. I was drafted, (laughs) I was drafted like 30, second or something yeah, like that they were sleeping on me you made the team though um but um i remember i didn't have to pay you know to play anything mm-hmm. you know um and then growing up you know I, my talent kind of spoke for itself and it was able i was able to play on basketball club teams and and um other than that you know and they come with the season fee and i'd be like Nah, yeah. we don't have to play. You don't have to play for. I'm that. not gonna hold you. I was right there with you. That's to be honest, baby, I, you know? I I couldn't like my grandmother just couldn't pay yeah, for, for me sure. to play sports. You know exactly. what I mean? So I would literally have to go and play with the teams that would allow me to play for free. And right. since I was I was pretty talented back in the day, there was there was some teams there was some teams that let yeah. me play. They were like, yo. You're, you're pretty good. We'll let you go without without having to pay. Shout out to Coach Brown for sure. Didn't have to pay. Shout out to Coach Quarterman. Same thing. Yeah. You shout know. out me. Yeah. Uh, but so um, you know, one thing about what's going on today is some of these sports cost twenty five hundred, three thousand, 
four thousand dollars, five thousand, six thousand dollars, maybe ten thousand just to, the, to play a season. The and club, at that point, club sports, I can't play. You know? Yeah. And so I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, Stephen, did you did you play club ball? Uh, no, I wasn't able to. You weren't able to? Yeah. Oh, what about you? Did I you wasn't able sports? to as well. I okay. played I played a lot of sports growing up. Yeah. The one I may have played club for would have been probably baseball. Yeah. Um, and like what you're talking about with it being expensive, I saw that a lot with hoop. Yeah. Once it came time to trainers and whatnot, it's just, it becomes a lot when you decide you want to make this your passion. Exactly. So for me, knowing that I had the privilege, one, of having a community around me you know my dad was a very likable guy he would go around talking to parents and stuff like that he built relationships the parents saw the talent that i had on the court you know there'd be times where my dad you know couldn't get me some new basketball shoes yeah but we had you know mr x y and z yeah. being able to kind of hey you know we'll get him some shoes you know we need him out a village there. you know it, it definitely does take a village um so me having that fortunate route, I think that one with all the principles and lessons that I've learned from playing sports, how valuable that was to me. The position that I'm in today where I'm running a nonprofit, working for uh, one of the largest uh, community outreach mentoring programs in the country, uh, studying in school, child psychology, and also um, building relationships where I have some major artists, major um you know, coaches and things like that, some people in some very high places is all because of the, the little lessons I learned playing on a 80 foot, 80 foot court, you know, yeah. shooting, a, shooting a ball into the rim, you know, having to run suicides every day, <laughs> having to get chewed out from, from coach. a coach. Yeah. The reason I can sit in and tell, uh, look, sit in a chair, have a millionaire look at me and tell me, you're not doing anything that's helping me right now is because my coach back in the day is like, you ain't listening and I'm going to run your, your ass until getting chewed out. Just, just absolutely. What are you doing? Yeah. You know? I ain't going to say it nice either. Get to grandstanding. Exactly. But then I also learned, you know, what it is to be disciplined, you know, shooting, shoot, go out and shoot a thousand shots a day. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if, you, if you're shooting a 1,000 shots a day, then you, you, you're going to get something. You're going to score the ball, you know? And you're going to know how to shoot. Exactly. Taking the responsibility of keeping your shoes clean. Right. You know? Um, making sure that you put the little air freshener in there because your feet stink. Because <laughs> you're open. Taking care of your body. Right. You know? You're lifting important. weights. You're eating healthy and things like that. That's all a mixture of everything that I learned while I was playing basketball. So those values, the reason I'm able to cook now, the reason I'm able to walk into a room and have the confidence of talking to execs and things like that. Man, I was playing in front of 5,000 people at my CIF basketball game. Mm -hmm. You talk about nerves, right? (laughs) You talk about nerves. Man, it calms me down now when I'm in front of people. I'm just like, man, this is smooth. You guys don't know what, what it's like having 5,000 people screaming. With the lights you on to, you. With the lights on and you. And you, you at the, the free throw line. You at the free throw line. <laughs> Time man. to show up. Exactly. It show out, too. Exactly. So um, I think that, you know, since that's so valuable, I want to try to figure out a way that uh, I can pay it forward to right. the next generation up. The, pe- the kid that's looking up like, 
man, I'm looking up to KD, Kyrie, LeBron. I want to be like that. I want to have the chance to, to, um, to be like that. Well, why should the obstacle of paying for these activities be in the way of shaping a child into greatness? Right. You know, every child should have the opportunity to follow their dream. At any time, I mean, what what else are we asking for children to do? Right. Explore the world. Explore what you want to do. Find yourself. Put effort into it. Mm-hmm. Find yourself, and um, have a thirst for knowledge. That's why they're in school, you know. So I I I think that with that foundation, um, learn, develop, and grow has has come a long way. You know, I've been able to. Um, kind of shape what I want to do with Learn, Develop, and Grow right now. Um, I want to do more community outreach projects. Okay. So the first one that we put on, which was an awesome, awesome Shout event. Shout out. We uh, had a meal packing event. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I had two weeks. I had two weeks to coordinate the whole thing. Um, we partnered with Meals of Hope. Shout out Meals of Hope. Shout out Meals of, Shout Hope. Meals of Hope. And they had... Um, 50,000 meals that needed to be packed up and getting ready to ship over uh, to the local uh, rescue. Mm. So I coordinated it out, got about 150 people to show up. We all packed uh, 50,000 meals in about two hours. And it was a vibe. I'm telling y'all, we had the the speakers booming. (laughs) You know, somebody ordered 20 pizzas for the people. Mm-hmm. We had some games of lightning, if anybody knows, the little shooting game. We had some games going on. Uh, we had two of the local high school basketball teams show up. And they was, it was, I'm telling you, it was just family. It was love. Um, I didn't expect 150 people. The, the listing only, um, my recruiting sheet only had 70 people showing up. That's crazy. Next thing you know, we, we doubled that and a little more. Wow. And I think the best thing about it was people people walking up to me and saying, man, this is one of the coolest experiences in my life. And it didn't cost them a dime. It just cost them their time. They came out and they took a Saturday where they didn't have to come over and hang out with me and do something for something bigger than them. Right. And they came out in full effect and had a whole lot of fun. So I think I think that is part of what Learn, Develop, and Grow wants to do is bring people to places where they'll have fun, they'll learn something, and they can just find love, find find these relationships around them and really explore, you know, what, what they can do. Yeah. Wow, that's beautiful. That is something. That it is. It it sounds like you're doing some amazing work out here in LA, um, and honestly, all around the country, making a big difference. And shout out Nike, a, a shout whole out generation. Oh yeah, shout out the big wig. Shout out Nike. <laughs> shout out Jordan. But it sounds like you're making a difference all across the country in a whole generation, day in and day out. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm. Again, I I wouldn't pick anywhere else to be. Yeah. Um, you know, I've God has blessed me with so many different things. Like, like I said, I've traveled to Chicago. I've traveled, you know, for All Star Weekend. Oh, um, that's I was big able, time! Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So I can't wait till I get to an All Star Weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Man, 
Man, it was dope. I was able to go see um, the the rookie sophomore showcase okay. and everything. Check out Zion yes, and Trey Young and everybody. Right Luka there. And yeah. everything. It was cool. Um, I've been able to to go to Atlanta, so that's where I was a part of the Future Varsity cohort. Okay. Uh, I was recognized as one of the up and coming community leaders along with twelve other uh, students. Wow. Um, and. That was, I'm telling you, if you've ever gone to Atlanta, I ain't been yet. Okay, you need Let to go, know. Brother. brother. You need to go. I know I need First to go. Black excellence. Black the excellence. Everywhere. <laughs> I think that night, you need to go to the Waffle House. Okay. You know? <laughs> Gotta start off there. Fire. Okay. Let's let you know. But, and then you need to take a take a trip over to the Civil Rights Museum. Mm. Oh, mm. that, I that, that was one of my coolest experiences in my life. You know, I think top three, Word. you know, just seeing where, seeing my history. Yeah. That's important. Too. Seeing, looking down at your skin color and seeing, okay, this is what we were going through back at those times mm-hmm. and humbling. It was very humbling for me because I'm like, man, I have it good right now. Yeah. You know, I got a lot of freedom that this country said that they had to offer us but back then we were in chains or segregated or you know and things like that so being able to be a young privileged black black man which i am I, i very very so think that my dad gave me a privileged lifestyle being able to be humbled by something like that has been huge for me you know, and if you can, you know, just seeing what Dr. King did, yeah. you know, seeing what what some uh, um, some of our huge leaders like Muhammad Ali, you know, uh, seeing uh, Rosa Parks, you know, seeing just all these depictions of what was going on during that time. I think for any young black man, it's just extremely valuable, you know, so. If you get, if you get a chance, Georgia, they're so welcoming, you know. Yeah, that's uh, Southern wait. hospitality, man. Oh, that's it's, a real, it's a real thing. It's, it's real. real. It's, it's real. so real, man. Um, and then other things like traveling to New York, and these are all not on my own on my own dime too. It's a work. It's a work trip. Blessings. Blessings on blessings on blessings with that. And I think that's what's the beautiful thing about what God's given me. You know, I'm able to work in places that I've never been before, and I never thought I could because I can't pay for it. Right. But I was able to go through these experiences because of just being who I am. Yeah, so it's, it's definitely just been um, a big part of, you know, what's inspired me to work with children. Um, I mean, another thing is I was given the opportunity to meet, like, one of the best basketball players in the world, uh, Kevin Durant. Okay. Um, I was a part of, you know, the community leadership program with Nike and Future Varsity. And he thought that my story was so influential that he wanted to bring me out to one of the basketball games. And whoo, yo, y'all gotta, <laughs> I'm telling y'all, y'all brothers, when, when, when it's all said and done, you guys are ready to buy some Skybox tickets. Oh, to yeah. Some I'm ready for games. the dessert Skybox at the Chase Center. I'm telling you, they, they treat you real good up there. So, um, but it was awesome, you know, being able to shake hands with one of the best to do it. Um, 
And really what I learned from him the most, because he has uh, the, the Durant Foundation, and he's also won awards for you know the Humanitarian Award and things like that, is you have opportunities to you know be successful and it's on you to make that choice whenever you know you you want to work hard at it but when you get to the top there's also people that are trying to get to where you're at so what can you do to help them and i think kevin durant you know somebody who's made hundreds of million dollars off of nba contracts endorsements um you know and things like other business ventures for him to look at his community and be like, I can offer help. All right. He doesn't have to, for sure he could keep, to. he could keep his checkbook closed, which many people do. Unfortunately. Or they say that they're putting money into nonprofit work, but it's actually recycling back into their pockets and things mm-hmm. like that. That's a deeper, darker. Right. So for someone at his level to look back at his hometown and say, I can help. I can offer a hand. Um, that's that's something that inspired me to just work 100% every single day I work up at what I want to do so I can get the most fruit out of whatever I do and also give back in lump sums of whether it's money or other resources to my community in the heart of Inglewood because I know there's a little black man or a little Latino man down the street who may not have the same opportunities like me but is able to um, try try new things. Yeah. Just because I offer you know some help, that's that's more than anything you know. So shout out to KD. Shout, shout out, out to, to KD. KD man. <laughs> what do, what do we call that man? Like you got a, you got the saying that you like to say. Well, it does sound like my guy over here is all about spreading the sugar share in the world. Wealth, man. And wow. there's a multitude of things within that statement because. Pretty much this whole episode, you've been highlighting how you can spread the sugar. That's that's just that love, that yeah. compassion, that empathy, that support, that want to make sure you look out for the voiceless. Yeah. That wealth, um, as you're spreading that, that's like, like you're, you've been highlighting these corporations, you've been highlighting these bigger names, and you've been highlighting the things that you've been doing, and and how it all is focused on circulating back into helping somebody that needs it right and i mean what's what's the feeling that you get when you help out a friend for the first time you know and they look at you and they're like man thank you yeah you know and you it's not even like they have to pay you back or anything it's just them looking at you with a smile it's just and the saying, love thank family. You. it's all love all love and you just feel that in your heart and you're like man i love i love that feeling yeah. i love that joy that i get for helping people Okay, now how can we do that at a large scale? How do you, yeah, you how, know? How do you that's big because I talk about doing things out of the kindness of your heart, right? And a lot of things we will talk about are always a little bit easier said than done because we're all human. But it is very important to do it out of the kindness of your heart because mm-hmm. when you get that, when all you're looking for is just somebody to just appreciate what you may have done for them, right. you appreciate any ounce of a thank yeah. you. Oh Something as simple as that, or like, oh, I really appreciate. No, I really appreciate you. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure you was good. Yeah. Um, and that's important. And people with your mindset is important. Oh, 100%. I think relationships are what matters most mm-hmm. in this world. I mean, for sure. Um, I'd rather have a billion people that will say 
good things, good, honest things about me, yeah. you know, and ha- show compassion towards me than a billion dollars, you know, mm. I would that's rather, a heavy statement. That's a, that's I would a- rather have a million supporters rather than a million dollars because at the end of the day I could soak up and spend a million dollars in a day. But those a million supporters that I have relationships with anytime I might need donations for, uh, helping out somebody or doing a program or putting on events or anything. I got a million supporters. That'll give me $1. There you go to that cause. Cause they know who I am. They know what's in my heart. And they're paying it forward. So now that million dollars is circulating from the relationships that I'm making. Wow. You know? So for me, and yeah, I I would say that if if you know that love is written on your heart and God God says that, you know, love mm-hmm. is kind, love is patient, love uh, is not self serving, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that. If, if that's what's truly on your heart and what, that's what actually gives you joy, then try to figure out how to love yourself mm. so that you know what it means to love others from loving yourself. If you have enough patience to do that, if you have enough kindness in your heart to love yourself, you can spread that out to other people. And I think that's what matters most, you know. Hey, this man is preaching. That he is. Man. This I man feel, sounds like you're the I feel sermon right now. after you're this five, man. Oh, man. I feel I feel fired up. I feel passionate. I feel I feel even more confident as we try to embark upon the journey that we want to embark upon because yes. our visions and our passions are similar in multiple ways. Oh yeah. Going off of listening to you and just to like Steve brokered this one, y'all. Shout out to Steve for getting <laughs> for getting our boy in front of us today. My boy Steven, shout out, man. Shout out to <laughs> the man. Man. Look, at the play- look at the finance guy. Yeah, over the here. player from the Himalayas. <laughs> oh do, do, do. man, let's <laughs> But it's like to be, crazy. to be here and to be in this moment, it's just, it excites me for where we want to go. Yeah, and definitely. It, and, it, and, it's, and it's great to come in contact with people that are like-minded. Um, well, it's important. Like, we we are next up. At the age literally, we are. We're yeah. next up. And it's time to be know? prepared for the leadership roles right. and not be scared of that responsibility. Yeah. Because if we don't step up now, like we, we kind of hinted on this kind of throughout the episode, but 23, 24 year olds, like when we look in politics, when we look in um, leadership roles in everything around the world, it's a lot of communities. It's a lot of older people right. and it's a lot of old, older people making decisions for younger people and people that aren't even here yet. Right. And without really consulting at all yeah, and and that's right. another thing that's because they're in a different class age range category and all of that they don't even necessarily always know our wants needs and desires yeah. when they're going into these and they're not even always even considering it at that right. um but that's why now as we continue to get older we can't be afraid at 20 young 30s early 40s to be able to step up and use that be, voice use the voice and be in these positions like what's the age range to be able to run for president isn't it 30 it's like 32 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 34 something it's somewhere in that range but 
the people we see running for presidents be almost 80, oh, 90. Yeah. And, and with that being said, it's like, might fall out on the I mean, they 70, but yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, that's on me. That's on me. I've been wrong 70s. before. Okay. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If, if you only had to be 30 something, imagine if somebody in their 30s and 40s was going for that high seat in this moment. Right. Imagine where their mind is if they're anywhere. Off, off of just age alone, where their mind would be at and where they want to see the future go. Right. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. why, man. I'm challenging any young adult right now. Talk it. If you are willing to go out and speak up, whether you're in politics, whether you want to be an entrepreneur, an athlete, an artist, use your voice and don't be, don't be contained or complacent with the bubble that people are trying to make you live in. Sheesh. Don't. I'm telling you right now, just go out and do whatever you can to do what you want to do and speak your thoughts. I think that's what's going on today is they're trying to censor what we have Mm. in our minds. What's going on? Saying your honest truth is not okay anymore. Like when that one lady said, shut up and dribble. Right. You yeah. have to appease to what other people right. want you to do and things like that. But you could never close my voice. Oh, yeah. Especially, He's for sure a free thinker. Especially if if I feel like what I, what I uh, say can never hurt anyone. Mm. If my intentions are pure. Because we are we are not pure. We were not. Mm-hmm. But my intentions in my heart is to lift up the other person. Especially lift up my brothers in arms, you know? Yeah, brothers and sisters, man. Man, for real. For real. Because, I, yeah, I feel like there is such a crab barrel effect going right oh, now. Oh, man. Uh, amongst everyone. Man, not, for not, sure. I mean... You know, you hear, you hear like within the black community, you know, there's, there's a brother always trying to keep you down and things like that. You know, like if I got a mill and I come up and I'm like, yo man, I'm up right now. And the other dude's going to look at you and be like, man, you soft. I remember back in the day when you was, you know, this, this and that hating on you and things like that. But I feel like it's at a bigger scale now amongst all races because you can't even have your own opinion without somebody bashing you. you Very know? true. Like cancel um, culture. Cancel culture is a huge thing it's right huge. now. I mean, shoot, you could be a nerd that likes anime, but if somebody else doesn't like anime and you try to talk to them, it's like, man, I, I want to tell you why I love, you know, uh, anime and things like that, and they're like, bro, like anime was so 2013. Like what? <laughs> Like, I mean that's facts. And no, it's for show facts. facts. I mean something that we see on a bigger scale on social media right now is our political our political views, right? Yeah, sure. yeah. If if somebody doesn't believe in Prop Twenty Three or something like that, and they say I don't think this is right, well the rest of the world does. So you just shut up, and if you say or anything against you're it, ignorant, we'll fight. Or, or you're, I don't want to be your friend. Exactly. Or you're stupid. Like there's there's a lot of stuff. People can't even have their own opinions anymore. Exactly. Um, so my thing is is, um, how how do we change that? How do we get back to a point where freedom of speech is is uh, is wanted? You know, it's it's merited. You know, it's like 
like, hey, you know, you being able to have your own opinion is actually excelling us um, forward. And bringing you know, new ideas to the table, to, to the table, you know, which is very true. And I think the idea of like the cancel culture, while it's new and maybe a new term, I think that's something that's been happening since the beginning of time, right. because all cancel culture really is doing is we're just going to erase you mm-hmm. out of it. But in real life, you can't erase bad stuff. Yeah. How you can really grow is from identifying where something is wrong, where yeah. something is bad learning from it and then knowing how to maybe move forward. Right. So just like acting like stuff didn't happen, this didn't happen, you didn't happen, whatever, that's how you like cover it up. And right. you're not really cleaning up the mess that way. But mm-hmm. I think really listening, because I think even some of these worst, some of the worst people that are getting canceled right now, I think it's important to hear from them mm-hmm. only in the angle of it's a teaching moment. Right. For Be- everyone, not just them. But for everyone else who well, that's may the point. have been doing that or may have that same thought process or may, you feel me? I agree because I think the fact that when you listen to the person that may be classified as crazy, this, that, the third, you can listen to somebody and not agree with anything mm-hmm. that they're doing, but mm-hmm. you can understand um, maybe a person's perspective and then maybe get to understand what maybe happened there. Right. And that level of understanding can help you then be able to move forward with these situations and knowing how to be better, Definitely. knowing what to expect, knowing what to look for. And yeah. yeah, I mean, well, think about it. When was there, there a time where you did something and it wasn't popular? You know, where people are looking at you like, oh, you're kind of weird, you know? Yeah. What did that Being do to your confidence? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I'm trying to uh, make my own path. Right. So that's what I'm scared of now is 13, 14 year old, 15. That's a very important Very time, true. You know, delicate. Where you age. start trying new things and you start figuring out your identity. Mm-hmm. And when, oh, what's something that you like? You, you like I cook. You cook? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So what if me and Steven the whole time was like, bro, you cook? I know. Like, <laughs> bro, you're a lame, bro. Like, I'm, whoa. Yeah, I'm like, saying, <laughs> dog, bro, you're don't, so lame. And that's what it is, though. Come on, And it's man. like, y'all coming at that angle. And one thing I noticed, so I try to take pride, on my, pride in being able to be confident within myself, right? right? So I just told you I cook, and you two could get on my head. Right. Call me every name in the book because that's what I want to do. But a little chef it, boy, literally. <laughs> <laughs> and in that moment, like chef boy, our I did see boy, he But in that moment, like I try to make sure, like if it's gonna be what you want to do, know who you are, be confident in yourself, and do it. But that is another thing that's easier said than done, especially if we're talking about 13, 14, 15-year-olds because you could have came from an environment. Like, I came from an environment where um, everything may not have been perfect, but we 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 talked. Mm-hmm. You know, we're very passionate. So with that, you, you get a lot out. You know what I mean? But everybody isn't comfortable to do that so i agree it's kind of hard to help them navigate especially in a time where we kind of want you to be more uniform than an individual yeah definitely definitely i don't again i'm scared i'm scared for the next generation up 
Like you have Twitter telling you what you can and can't do, what is cool and not cool. You have Instagram telling you exactly how to behave. I need to look like I spend my days at the beach every single day. I need to look like I have a fast car. But that also is a facade too. So one thing that I think people maybe need to pay more attention to is people on these social media platforms will only show you... The good. Wait a second. They will only show you what they want to show you. Mm-hmm. So Ooh, that can be... So, but that's Sheesh, the point. So it's editing. like, so it's like you could look at my story all day, and in that moment, I could show you me cooking, me doing this, me doing that, me getting my hustle on. And in that moment, you could look at me and say, "Wow, he is living a, a great life. He's mm-hmm. happy. He's doing this." Like a person on the other end of the phone will build up a whole bunch of things that may be true, but may not be. But then do I come to the do everybody's not going to always come in and show those dark moments too so let me let me say this i have like around 1700 followers on okay. instagram you know so that's that's like saying something i guess that's a sat- status symbol okay. in in this day and age absolutely i on my instagram page people come up and talk to me the reason that I met Joseph and I'm good friends with Joseph is because he saw what I was doing, mm-hmm. things like that. You see, you think that my life is great. You know, you yeah. think I'm successful. You think I'm doing what I'm supposed to do to impact the community and being a leader in this world and things like that. During that whole time where I, I started getting this growth in followers, doing all these Nikes events, Nike events and uh, sitting on panels mm-hmm. and doing the meal packing event i got all these people you know clapping in my face saying man you're doing awesome but they didn't know that i was homeless mm-hmm. while i was doing this. and that'd be the point and even though i wasn't i i was homeless not because of what was the situation in my life like i could have stayed in family i made that choice mm-hmm. because i felt like if i move into my car i can focus more on myself Instead of distracting myself with uh, video games, girls, anything. Nah, I got to go to the coffee shop every day. I got to go to the gym to make sure I shower every day. I got to read more books. When I go to some place, I have to go there. And then I got a plan for my next trip and things like that. All these things that I was doing added up to the peace of mind that I had. Mm -hmm. But then it also added to my character. Mm-hmm. When I was walking into these panels, I had, you couldn't tell me anything. You couldn't tell me anything. I have to go and sleep in my car after I do this. Grinding for this. <laughs> I'm grinding no for this. no time for none of that other stuff. Yeah. But you know what it did for me? It, it said, look, believe in what you're doing, mm-hmm. not the things that, that come from it. Right. You know? Literally. I'm not looking ahead for, oh, you know, my, my Instagram's about to be popping. You mm-hmm. know, like I'm about to I'm about to go meet K D and people are gonna see the video and next thing you know, <laughs> you know, I got girls in bro, I'm telling you right now, not I have never seen this. I'm talking more females coming out the woodwork <laughs> that I never thought I would ever talk to. Yeah. More more dudes on my head like, yo, can you get me a job? Like, yo, can you do this, this, and this? And I was like, yo, you, like, a month ago, you was not giving two, <laughs> two cents about me, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. I wasn't even an afterthought, you know? But that's what this social media age does. It's like, man, I look all good on Instagram. I'm doing my thing. I, you know, yada, yada, yada. 
But then when you come and talk to me, you get all of me. And there's a difference between that real life effect. And that's why my my circle is so small. Yeah, it's because true. like a person like Steven, I was looking at him and I was like, man, this dude is out to listen and he wants to hear me. He saw everything. He had talked to my dad. He knows mm-hmm. everything about my accolades. But I think I, what did I tell you? Um, I wanted to have more relationships, not based off my accolades, right. but based off the, the struggles the that I The actual person that he the is. The actual person. Yeah. The things that make me laugh, the things that make me laugh and the things that make me sad. Mm-hmm. The thing I can share with, with my man, Steven, my brokenness, mm-hmm. you know? Cause that's, that's important. What, that's what we share in common. Yeah. It's not, Oh snap, I got 400 likes on Instagram <laughs> and this man Caleb, if I'm hanging around him, I'll hang around. <laughs> I might be able to get cars. some of that. <laughs> I'll hang around expensive cars, I'll travel to different cities yeah. and yada yada yada. Nah, you're looking for what's what's inside. And you know, I, I respect anybody who can break away from social media. Take a take a fast. Everybody try to take a fast once in a while. Social media and, cleansing is important. Man. And so important. It's important. Because it's a it's a whole new reality. Yeah, I'm not I'm not oh, promotion. I'm, I'm I'm kind of a I'm I was a little addicted for a minute. It was you, it was my not? girlfriend that told me, you know, yo, you're on that way too much. Like yeah. get get off of Instagram, right. get off of Twitter, live in the moment. I mean, how can you not? You're just well, that's the, the point time. of it to yeah. make you want to do it. So yeah, and now they're listening to you. <laughs> yo, how many times you? So yo, yeah, you like those beats? Mm-hmm. You got some Beats headphones on right now, right? Uh-huh. Okay, cool. So, uh, what do you like about Beats audio specifically? Yeah. Um, to be honest, if I could be as honest as possible, I got this at a student bundle deal Ooh. with the laptop. Ooh. So that's that's God's plan at that that's point because okay. I wasn't going to go out and buy a new pair of Beats. But yeah. back in the day when they first came out, I probably just liked them because of the name. Say yeah, you the like brand. Dr. Dre? Literally, I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, these Beats clean. I had the little red solo joints yeah. back in the day. The so gold, The gold right red now is hard. Okay. <laughs> now watch. Uh, open your phone. Wait. Bet if you look at your phone right now, you'll have some ad about some headphones. Yeah, for sure will. Like, that's the that's the second part of the addiction is how can we cater to you and what you want, what you're talking about, what you're thinking. Isn't that scary? That is scary. Yeah. Have you watched um, Social Dilemma? I've watched parts of it. Yeah, uh, but it really speaks directly towards that and how you know apps and it's an information age and Mm -hmm. they're trying to take information from us about our likes dislikes Mm -hmm. and then feed it to us through these different channels like social media through our phones through the advertisements and it's all monetized right wow is this this brain control or mind control as they call it honestly yeah to an extent for sure because some of the things like they're listening to you and then they're also like, and they're giving you what you're kind of talking about, but then they're also throwing other things in front of you as well. Right. To, to see if you kind of like. To see if you bite at it. To yeah. see if you like it. You know what I mean? It's almost like a test run. And the way that they have it on the, on the show or the, the show or the movie or whatever it is, is that like there's somebody in the back office saying, you know what? Let's put this in front of him. Let's see how he bites. Oh, he didn't like that one. Uh, 10 seconds go by. Let's put this in front of him. Yeah. Oh, he looked at this for five seconds. Yeah. Let's put this. And that's how the, the algorithm or the system actually works. Are you wow? Okay. Watch it. Watch so it. so my thing is is I'm a big believer on free will. Yeah. Okay. 
I like the fact that I have the freedom to do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. There's obviously rules set in place, so I can't go and shoot somebody. I can't hopefully, go and Hopefully you bank. wouldn't want to do that. I can't go, and I would never want to do uh, these things, but so. I'm giving an example. <laughs> um, I, like, I, have, I have my own free will to do whatever I want, right. Mm -hmm. right. but it sounds like as of today, they are trying to tap into your free will mm -hmm. and actually guide you to doing things that you may not necessarily want to do. Mm. And now, well, I mean, I try to call my, sometimes I call myself a free thinker. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of go against the grain sometimes. But are you, know? you really a free thinker when they're force feeding you? Force feeding what I like and what I don't stuff. like. Especially, it wow. starts in, well, think about like music. Like right now, what, what did you hear growing up? Like you always heard um, some Jay-Z talking about yeah. the bezel i got the bezel <laughs> on my wrist yeah yeah i mean as of today now we are we got drake future we got Lil uzi and stuff yeah. like that and they're all talking about how they they got the most money yeah but I, I i i i don't think that's control though i don't think somebody i'm not saying that it's control yeah. but it's it's the it's the reoccurring um what do i want to call it it's the reoccurring image that we are looking up to. Like that is success. The fact that, you know, you can party as hard as a rapper or a certain celebrity or things like that. Oh, you can have the chain, the gold chain and everything, yeah. you know? And that's part of the tapping into the mind. Yeah. And it's like, look, you, if you do this, if you're a music artist, you have to do this. But instead, instead of looking for the fame, why not look at just the art? And the concept of it yeah. as a musician and say, you know what, I'm not going to uphold that image that society wants me to be, but I'm going to free the mind and let it take me places where I want to go. But you also have to think about this. Everything is monetized. That's and true. So with with being an artist, you kind of have to sustain that and just be able to sustain that. You need money. That's true. And it and it goes a lot towards an individual, too and what they personally want. Like some people want to go down the path you're referencing while some may want to kind of establish their own. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, for me, uh, I kind of, you know, I would hope that we have more free thinkers. For sure. You know, people and that are willing to go against the grain and have their own opinion, have their own ideas. Yeah. But with this age, it's it's tough, you know. Yeah. It's it's tough for a young child to to not be tempted by these little enticing things that the yeah. media tries to push out. And, um, and taking it back to the kids, like I, that's why I really love when parents allow their kids to think outside the box yeah. and to think about different things and allowing them to, you know, trial and error and things like that. Let's shout, shout, out shout out to the parents. Shout out to the parents. Shout out to good parents. The good parents, because. There's mm -hmm. some parents out there that won't let you do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're too strict and in their own little bubble or in their own little mind or head of what they want you to be. Well, I think a Instead lot of that of comes into play when people start getting older. Like, it's harder to hold on to dreams, passions, and this, that, and the third true. when you've gotten bogged down by a real world and real life responsibility. Capitalism, yeah. man. You know what Capitalism. I mean? Like, I I start to, I found myself in the last few years talking to a lot of older people, but not like super old, but like... Older 20s, 30s, whatever, and 
you know, I'm coming with different ideas and different passions and speaking passionately about certain things, about doing things for yourself and Mm -hmm. taking your passion and going whatever. And, you know, you would naturally think something like that would be welcomed, especially if you're trying to help somebody else find their passion within. But everybody isn't always receptive to it when they're in their own reality. Right. And that's something like I've had to get, um, I've had to pay attention to, um, no, it's not anything personal. Um, but then pay attention to that as I want to work with younger kids and try to fight to hold on to that spirit that I still have myself, you know, that spirit. I mean, if it drives you, you know, do you ever, do you ever get scared? though of the backlash that you're gonna get um i have mad anxiety um and the older i'm getting the more like i'm starting to pay attention to those things so as i i could sit here and tell you oh no not really i don't really get scared i kind of just go do it but as i've been paying more attention to my anxiety and that inner feeling that's coming without out of me um there's probably a a huge level of fear, nervousness, whatever. But I try to not let it stop me from going for what I want to go for, do what I want to do. But it's definitely there. And if fear and anxiety are one and the same to an extent when it comes to doing things, then yeah, Yeah, a lot of it. I share the same thing because I think I grew anxiety from always wanting to the to be the child that made his dad proud. Mm. You know? So I could attest to that. So I felt hey, like man, we pawned because, <laughs> because a whole my dad, topic. My because my dad wasn't uh, he was always like the you need to do good, you need to do this, this and this. Um, I felt like if there was times where you didn't necessarily understand what I was feeling or what I wanted to do, that I wasn't being good enough for him mm. you know i wasn't being a good son to him i wasn't doing the things that he wanted me to do so as that grew and now i'm here at uh where i'm at i kind of have these expectations and i get this bad anxiety if i don't meet the expectations of everyone else while trying to meet my own expectations yeah, that's you know? crazy. So it's 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 one of those things that kind of grabs you, mm-hmm. and it's like, then you got to tell yourself, oh, I'm not living for everyone else. I'm living with them, but I'm not living for them. I still have to live for me. Sheesh. I have to take the time every time to live for me. And I feel like the scariest thing that, um, you know, other people, especially in the social media age, is losing themselves mm-hmm. you know losing themselves on the day-to-day am i good enough you should look in the mirror every time you wake up and say yes you are good enough affirmations man it's affirmations. very huge, important huge, huge you know? very very important. And bringing it back to kids like that's something that i stress to kids all the time is yeah. making sure that they 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 have affirmations they affirm affirm themselves every right. single day yeah. you are good enough you're beautiful you're whatever you know what i mean yeah. Make sure that they understand that. They really know it. That's it's tough. tough. That's yeah. tough because, I mean, I got a history with, you know, suicide and, and drug addiction. Sheesh. And the feeling of not getting attention for your feelings is, is tough. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, and you feel like you're not understood. The, re- the, way, the reason you act certain ways mm-hmm. and then you drive yourself to isolation. 
and that's the worst possible thing that you can do. There, there's good and bad um, reasons of putting yourself in isolation, but where I was, it was all negative, reacting to certain people's comments mm-hmm. in anger and frustration. But then, yo, you start to think about, man, I'm loved. You know, I, I'm respected. There's people around me that just want to love on me constantly. Yeah. Well, that want me around and things like that. And uh, I think that's what we need to do for all the younger children mm-hmm. is, hey, I love you. I'm here for you, no matter who you are. Because we can, I mean, shoot, look at, look at you. You're two in- intelligent men. I'm an intelligent man myself. Passing on our knowledge to anybody would be helpful. It would be positive growth, growth of the mind. You're planting seeds on somebody. Those moments are the moments that keep somebody from taking their own life because they feel like they're not good enough. That's facts. You know, those little words that you might have said, that time that you took. You know, when, when. Just to ask them how their day was. Right. Can go a long way. Can go a long way, man. Honestly. And for me, I I try to thank anybody who I hang out with Mm -hmm. and they plant some positive idea in my head or some ways that I could grow my character. I try to tell them, you know what? Thank you for your time. Not thanks for lunch or thanks for yada, yada, yada. No, thank you for your time. Because that is the most valuable thing that somebody has. Yeah. You know? So if somebody takes 10 minutes just to talk to me, oh, yeah, thank you for your, thank you for your time. Yeah. You know? Because that shows that people are willing to give. They have a heart to give. They have a heart for love, you know? So, man, rules to live by. I have yeah, to say, you, nah, we're going to write a book. Rules nah, to live by. Yo, you know what we say. Spread the sugar and spread share the wealth. Sugar and shed the... Yo, great the segue, but spread before the we go spread there, the sugar, share, share the, the wealth. wealth. There you go. There That's we go. I like it. Before we go there, you made a great point about um, you knew the space you were in. You knew what were factors that helped you get to that space. But then you talked about how kind of paying attention to the people that loved you mm-hmm. and the people that want to love on you, want to support you and have that genuine care for you. And I think like I could I could agree with you because it's sometimes when you're in that space, only thing you hear, only thing you can hear is the negative, right? right? But there's a whole other side of things and there could be a billion people on that other end that has all these nasty things to say to you, but it pay, it does no good for you to focus all your energy over there when you can just pivot this way and see where the love is. Um, well, I think when I was going through the tough time, uh, the word I use, I started to use more often than I ever have Mm -hmm. was can't. Oh, okay. Mm. So when it came to um, doing good in school, I can't do it because I'm sad or stuff's not going my way. So you've already defeated yourself Mm -hmm. because you're not going to try. To the best of your ability, you're not going to try. So for me, like, oh, even with a small thing like asking a girl for a number, I can't do that because nobody is paying attention to me right now nobody i think i'm ugly 
or uh, I may not have the right words to yeah. say to her, you know. But you saying can't, mm-hmm. it's you're done before before you even get started. Literally, because at the end of the day, you, you don't know what the outcome or reaction will be until you not afraid to put yourself out there. Right. And the scariest thing is like when can't turns into I can't get out of bed. Mm-hmm. I can't hang around family. Yeah. I can't. And that's where that those negative thoughts no, that come I hear out of nowhere you. and just hit you every single day. It's I again, anybody that is going through that right now, I just want to say I'm here with you. You know, I know I know what that's like. And I'm kind of getting chills from uh, this conversation. Man, I'm telling you, there's people that love you. Yeah. They are there for you. You can call me if you need it. I, I'll take any part of my time because it is a scary place when you say that you can't get out of bed. You don't want to interact with people. That or You don't feel like living anymore. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. You know, I feel like hurting myself because I'm not good enough. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I I kind of touched on it in the previous episode, episode four, whatever, um, about how my 2020 was yeah. and about the mental space I have found myself in mm-hmm. for most of this year. Um, and it kind of gives me chills hearing this because I can, I can sympathize with what you're saying, yeah. like to a T right now. Um, man, speaking facts. If I can't say nothing else, the things you were saying, facts to a T, I man. I appreciate that, brother. Nah, man, and that's that's some genuine stuff right there. Whew, heavy. Yeah, yeah. Super. I mean, heavy. that's what this is all about. You know, this is where the conversations that we have. You don't know who it can impact. Right. Yeah. You know, somebody watching this could be like, you know what? These people are going through some of the same things I'm going through, and they look look what they're trying to do. So there's hope. There's hope. At the end of the tunnel, there's hope. Right. There's always hope. Man. It, but it, it may not be easy to see at it all. at that time, but there's always hope. And it shows, you know, we're willing to get real. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that will put on this, this persona or this image that everything is good. Yeah. And it's not. Shit ain't sweet all the time. It ain't, for sure. It ain't it's not. And that's really the point of like what we're trying to do here right now is we're for sure not trying to come to people as experts. He's in the finance sector, I'm real estate, entrepreneurship. You come with a bevy of background game. Child development, Literally. psychology game, come on now. Man, but it's like we're not trying to come at you from the angle of experts, but we're just trying to help people come along with us on our journey, honestly. See us as we grow, like from the young men we are to we know where we aspire to be. Mm-hmm. We want to be in these rooms you referenced. Mm-hmm. And... From neighborhoods that we come from, most kids can't even envision something like that. Oh, definitely. You know, it's it's cool. That's why I smile at Learn, Develop, and Grow. Because mm-hmm. I was in that developmental phase for a little bit when I was starting to do my nonprofit and also attend these events. But then I kind of looked at it and I was like, I'm not ready yet. I haven't even learned what patience is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't even learned what fully self, like self-care is, self-love, you know? So let me take a step back into the learning phase. That's important. Let me sit there and listen. Slowing down the speed up. Mm. Slowing that down because I'm like, okay, look, I've seen what's happened when I 
put all my effort into developing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me learn. Let me learn from people that have done this already. Let me not come in with an arrogant side and let me come in with the most humble side when I'm ready to de- develop what I'm doing. Right. And then that's where the growth comes from. There you go. That's, that's true growth. You know? And that's something that we need to do every day. We need to decide whether to learn, sit back and learn, mm-hmm. sit back and listen, which you should be doing 95% of the time. Literally. You know, that other... Three percent is in um, is in developing, and the growth finishes off the rest of, of the totals, and you good, you good yeah. at that point, you know. Sheesh, man! Black excellence, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh man, <laughs> this is fun. That is hit fun. has been. So hey, high key, we might have to do a part two. We might have to. I think I think we could do that, ladies and gentlemen. You like it? You like it? Oh, they talking, they talking to us. But with that being said, before we go any further, thank you for your time. I appreciate you guys. Oh, me, for brother, giving me the platform. This is this is beautiful. We appreciate you. So, with that being said, we now want to go into our spread the sugar, share the wealth segment, where each episode we highlight black-owned businesses and the entrepreneurs behind them. So, with that being said, would you like to highlight your first business? Yes. So as a kid, uh, my dad took me to a certain restaurant and this restaurant was called uh, Simply Wholesome. You guys okay. can Google it. I don't have the address for you, but we'll have it, all is, the information. It, is in, it is in Los Angeles. It so is in so Los Angeles. Uh, black owned. I love their market that they have. You can get your food. You know, get one of the smoothies. Okay. I got and some then, really good smoothies. <laughs> really good smoothies. And then you they have over head. like 90 smoothies. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really dope. It's going to check them out. When you get your food, you can go into the market, you know, get your essentials, you know, whether you need some hair care, yeah. you need some good organic cereal. It's all great products. So Simply Wholesome, check it out. And then uh, the second the second business that I like to, um, if you need some new drip, Mm. You need to head to Lace South Bay. Okay. Uh, my boy Pooh and his team, they own that down there. Okay. And they, they always got Shout some out heat. to Pooh and them. Y'all, y'all like the Vapor Maxes? We li- if it's big drip, like what you call it, on, we man. like it. Yeah, Come on absolutely. now, dog. Nothing else needs to be said. Absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, the, those are my two, man. Shout out to them. Love yeah, to I'm, I'm going to go next, man. Uh, my first one is Solely Laced, another place you can get your drip. Um, specifically tennis shoes, um, you know, you know he's a re- he's a reseller. He gets all the all the drip that you may need, and he resells them for for a good price. Um, my man, shout out to my man Brandon, Brandon B Love, shout out to him. And then the next one I got is my girl sells one of my homegirls sells cheesecake. Okay. Um, her name is Monet Monet Westbrook. Um, and you can find her on Instagram at Jayla Marie Cheesecake and just book me. So she does cheesecakes. You um, have a favorite flavor of cheesecake? Yo, yo, her Oreo <laughs> cheesecake is so stupid. <laughs> she's out here in uh, Los Angeles as well. So um, she probably sells stuff maybe twice a month or whatever. Oh, so um, she got, you know, she got the red velvet on deck. Okay. She got. Uh, Oreo, which is my favorite. She got the original. She got a whole bunch of stuff, and it comes in uh, like cup size. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. Personalized cup size, so it's, it's dope. It's really dope. That's what's up. Man. That is super dope. Well, 
If it's on me, the first business, since we're in L.A. and we highlight in L.A., the first spot I want to highlight is Comfort L.A. This is a restaurant out in L.A. I know they have a location in downtown, and I think one in, um, what is this area called? Like, um, Ingle- I think one in, like, the Inglewood area as well. Um, yeah, this one in Inglewood, for Okay, sure. got you. So they have two locations out in L.A., um... When I moved out here a few years ago, tried it rocking with Stephen Hunt and Al. Oh, man. Yeah. Smackables. Yeah. I would go in there, get the chicken, get the sauce on it, some maggots, some yams. Can't go wrong with Should that you combo. Go, you want to go there after this? <laughs> I might have to. Yeah, um, Comfort LA. So, yeah. Comfort LA. Uh, we'll have ads for them in the comments or a link to their website, whichever one is to their liking. And the second business I want to highlight is Rothstein LA. Now, since we on the topic of Big Drip, this is another clothing line out in LA. Now, shout out to my boy, and I met him through one of my mentors at Dominguez Hills, and Mm. it was like a third party. He said, yeah, I think this would be a great guy for you to meet, whatever. Ended up meeting him at his shop. They have a store out on Crenshaw. Um, I think I just seen their post where this is like their third year anniversary being there. So let's, if that's the case, that's black excellence. So let's show some love. Um, But yeah, they got, they got all types of uh, designs and everything. Check them out on Instagram at Rothstein LA. Um, And yeah, so I think that is spread the sugar, share the wealth, ladies and gentlemen. Six businesses have been highlighted, and we cannot wait to tell you about some more. So with that being said, you ready to get your uh, forward focus song of the week queued up? Yeah, I'm definitely down with that. Okay. Let's get your song queued up. What's the name of your song? So it's G-E-D by Lute. L-U-T-E. Okay. This man said, I'm getting every dollar. Jeez. Let's get that queued up. Shit, work. 
work. The struggle be quenching my thirst. I put the tears in my verse, so I get the shit I deserve. We came from nothing at all. If we had a problem, we solved. Figured that shit out ourselves. Turn all my pain into wealth. Turn all my pain into wealth. Shit. Now I be whipping some shit that I prayed for. All my shit paid for. Niggas will switch on you quick like what team do you play for? I did a fake nigga like K's clothes. All my life I've been ten toes. GED, my initials. So fuck what you talking, I get every dollar. I don't have a collar. If I did, I would pop it like nigga was popping. But bro, I can't call it like look what we started, but now we here. Niggas throwing shade out of fear. Cause where I'm at, niggas see they self. Don't be mad, bro, just be yourself. Designer jeans and a handful of dough. Yeah. Bottle of that rose, pass me some gold. More cars, more clothes. More money means more dough, too. More bottles and more dough, too. Rick Ross got a lot of dough, too. Way up in the Burning like the sunset, a nigga with an attitude, take it out of context. Riding with that big thing, looking like a bomb threat. Been letting beard Afghan in a bomb bed. Stranded on death row, Machiavelli's on the make box, kicks retro. She wanna gaze at the stars, through a panoramic view, pulling haze out the jaws. Rick Rouse, I'm the best in the flesh, getting blessed on a jet is a way to reflect. Hard work pays off, I'm a boss, you can tell. Buy the bottles and the bill and the models that we share. I'm in the real estate and the real estate of mine. We came for trigger play, kill a nigga for a dime. I'm trying to chill a day, I got a million on my mind. Dice in my hand, one roll, I blow your mind. Designer jeans and a handful of dough. Bottle of that rose, pass me some gold. More cars, more clothes, more money means more dough too. Yeah. When I pull up on a nigga, tell that nigga bad, bad. I'm too good with the words, watch a nigga bad track. If I die, all I know is I'm a motherfucking legend. It's too late for my city. I'm the youngest nigga rapping. Oh my God, oh my God. If I die, I'm a legend. Oh my God, oh my God. If I die, I'm a legend. I'm a first, I'm on tour. Got a girl, she from the side. Used to work, used to dance and test it. Now she clean the house every day. I was struggling to learn what life's about On my way, money taught me Spanish Make it on delay Way up north, packed in Honda cars They don't know who we are, fuck them all They only pussy niggas shooting at the star Right or wrong, I'ma right my wrongs They can't live this long You don't know where you're gonna go I got this shit mapped out strong When I pull up on a nigga Tell that nigga bad back I'm too good with the words Watch a nigga bad track All I know, if I die I'm a motherfucking legend It's too late for my city I'm the youngest nigga rapping Oh my God, oh my God If I die, I'm a legend Oh my God, oh 
Oh my God, if I die, I'm a legend, I'm no one. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Real Estate of Mind, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank our guests for coming in. We want to thank Steve for being Steve. And ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know anything else, don't take no wooden nickels and remember who you are. This has been Realist State of Mind.